0: Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as Mark Lemon official on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I speak with social media influencer, Steph Ellswood. Steph speaks with me about the death of her grandparents and how it shaped her outlook on life. You can find Steph on Instagram and YouTube as Steph Ellswood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so as mentioned in my introduction... Today I'm speaking to somebody that I recently found on via social media and the way that they tell their grief story is wonderful and I had to reach out straight away and it's Steph Ellsworth how are you
1: hello thank you so much for having me on
0: no thank you so much for agreeing to to come on for those listening would you be able to just give them a brief introduction as to who you are and what you do and all that sort of stuff please
1: of course. Well, um, my name is Stephanie Ellsworth and I am an ex-performer. I trained as a dancer for pretty much my entire life. Um, and in the last four or five years, I have gone more down the social media route and I am now a full-time influencer. Um, I am the founder of a sustainable product range called Sustainable, And I also founded a charitable foundation and female empowerment events company about three years ago called Stay Sassy.
0: I guess moving into why we're speaking today um, would you be happy to share with the listeners about your own experience with grief please?
1: Yeah of course, Um, firstly I also want to say I think what you do is absolutely phenomenal um, and I can only imagine how many people you're helping with the people that you interview and also sharing your own story so it feels very good to be on this podcast um, sharing my experience but also as a bit of a fan as well
0: Thank you so much
1: (laughs) You're welcome, but um, I think My grief experiences have happened for a long time. So I lost my grandpa when I was nine or 10 um, and also my great grandma as well. But I feel like I was almost too young to understand kind of what was going on and and to really process it. Um, And also because I was so young, my memories aren't as vivid. Um, But I lost my nan, my mum's mum in 2016. And that was the first time that I'd ever felt completely shattered and broken from grief. Um, And I also lost my granddad during lockdown a couple of months ago. And those feelings came back. And I think that's kind of why I started sharing my grief experience on social media was because it was that all-consuming emotion that I couldn't really budge so even if I wanted to talk about other things it just didn't feel right to um so I think I first experienced grief for the first time uh, probably about four years ago
0: yeah and I guess you know I guess one of my questions was about your your Nana but she you know is such a beautiful character and I, <laughs> I really love the the way that she kind of got involved with your social media as well didn't she in a way
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think she fully understand, um, understood it, but she loved being on the camera when Snapchat was quite big. She had her own little Snapchat following um, and people just loved to see what she was getting up to.
0: <laughs> how did you find the experience of before she died and being able to enjoy those special memories with her? How did you, how did you find that?
1: I actually loved it. So she moved into our family home um, because she was suffering with lung cancer. She moved into our family home for about a year, two years before she passed away. And they're the most vivid memories I have of her. I think because I did film her a lot, I did get her involved in a lot of social media and I saved all of those memories. I can watch that back whenever I want to and kind of relive those memories with her. And I think as horrible as it was to see her deteriorate and to kind of get worse and with her condition um it was amazing to to get even closer and to have such special memories together um and yeah like I said they're they're the ones that I remember most because I saw her every day for a year or two years
0: I think that's a really special thing for your family as well because you know a lot of uh, elderly people or grandmothers grandparents they they may go into a home or a hospice and I think it's wonderful that you've had that experience where she's lived with you guys, you know, before she actually died.
1: Yeah, I I know it was hard on my mum and that was hard to see. But we had some amazing support with her last few months from a hospice that came to do um, in-house visits. And that also made both my mum's and my experience even better because we never saw her embarrassed because they did all of the things that she was embarrassed for us to do, like change her, wash her, feed her and things like that. So again, I'm, I'm very grateful for the time I had with my nan, but also so hugely grateful for the hospice that helped us as well.
0: Yeah, that must have been a lot of help. Um, and I guess moving on to your granddad as well, who, who more recently um, passed away. Yeah, I was just wondering how that affected the family, you know, as a broader perspective.
1: I think that they're two polar opposites. So with with my nan, her body was going before her brain. So even to her last few days, she was so alert, so witty and charming and cheeky still. Whereas my granddad was the polar opposite. He he suffered with dementia now for so many years. I can't remember him without it. Um, And he used to always be this storyteller that had so many amazing, funny stories to share. Um, And it got to the point where he'd start to tell one and start to relive one. And then those memories were just stolen and you could watch his face, his eyes go blank. Um, and that was horrible. And I think because it all happened so fast, like the last time I saw him was just before Christmas um, and I hadn't had a chance to see him this year. And then when lockdown hit, obviously I wasn't allowed to see him, but my my nank was his full-time carer and she couldn't do it all on her own especially during lockdown so he actually went into a home at the beginning of lockdown um and we weren't allowed to visit there because there were so many people at risk and he just deteriorated so quickly to the point where it was so so soon that it it didn't feel real for weeks and weeks and weeks um so I I didn't get a proper goodbye which was really hard my mum was lucky enough to go into the home to wear all of the um, face masks and gloves and everything and actually get to say her last goodbye to him um, which I'm really glad because I think my mum would have been even more heartbroken if she hadn't have had that chance but in a way with dementia it's it there's no cure yet for dementia and Alzheimer's in general there's there's things that can maybe delay it a little bit but there's no cure and in a way as bittersweet as it was Him passing away, I'm so glad that he never forgot who I was. So, my memories of him are him still being that kind of cheeky chappy, even if he couldn't finish his stories. And I think, in a way, as horrible as it was that he's gone, I am glad that my last memories with him, he still remembered who
0: I was. Yeah, that's really special. And I, you know, I was going to say that I think this is probably the first time that I've spoken to somebody about a grandparent that's died. Um, But when you think about it, there's such focal points. In families aren't they you know specifically for you know for us say growing up as children and and um you know I remember my grandmother just before she died and how you know it affected me I was just wondering how over the last sort of few years it's kind of has it sort of changed you much as a person has your grief sort of given you a, a slightly different outlook on life
1: I, I definitely think so I think oh, I don't want to get too emotional but you really get a sense of mortality, especially when you're so close to someone. Like my nan, her and I used to speak all the time, every day, especially when she lived here. And she'd always say that "What, oh, her biggest regret in life is never going to Canada. And I don't want to have that. I don't want to get to my last moments and sit with my granddaughter and tell her that I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. And I think in that sense, it's kind of given me that motivation to to do all of, all of the things i want to do and 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 follow my dreams however crazy or ridiculous that might be um so yeah i think it's definitely changed the way i look at life and how i want to live mine for sure
0: and i think anybody out there who's listening who's been touched by by grief and and they most likely have um It does give you that different perspective on life, doesn't it? And we talk about it all the time on the podcast how, you know, it just gives you that drive and that sort of, uh, it opens up your mind and just a different view on life that, yes, it is short. So just, you know, just go and do the things that make you happy. I just want to move into, you know, in 2017, you set up the Stay Sassy Foundation to help promote dance and body confidence, um, but also to raise proceeds for a number of charities. What was the driving force behind setting up this, you know, this amazing foundation?
1: Yeah, I, I think it was it was a long time coming. So, um, like I said, I trained as a dancer my entire life um, and suffered quite a lot with confidence throughout that journey. Um, I suffered on and off with an eating disorder for about, I think it was eight years. Um, and I just had really, really low um, self-esteem and self-confidence and it got to the point where I graduated from dance college. I was 19 and I went to an audition and my confidence was not by the casting director again. And I just thought, why am I putting myself through this? Why am I constantly trying to please someone um and pretend to be someone else and be a character and do all of this when it's so detrimental to my own mental health. So I actually took a massive step back from dancing. Um, and that's kind of how I went down the social media route. And The more and more I got my nan on social media, the closer her and I got because we'd have all of these like funny moments that were just us two. And she kind of got a tagline and she'd sign off every Snapchat or every video with stay sassy because she was just the epitome of sass. And we actually called her the Queen of Sass in the end, because she'd play up to her doctors, she'd flirt with all the male nurses, and she was just hilarious, and we always called her Buffon Betty, because she refused to go anywhere without having her hair blow-dried, so we became her personal hairdressers in the end. Um, And it was with a conversation with her, when she said to me, you've always loved to dance, why do you not dance anymore? And I told her about this one casting director that really knocked my confidence, and she said, you're going to let one person stop you from doing what you love. That's ridiculous. And I was like, do you know what, Nan? I was like, you're so right. And I went to dance classes again and kind of put myself out there and and took what my Nan said on board and was like, I'm not going to let one person ruin my happiness. And as I got more confident dancing again, I started posting videos online and people started to comment saying, I'd love for you to put on a dance class. I'd, I'd love to learn how to do this and all of that kind of thing. Um. So I thought, you know what, one day I'd love to put on a dance class that that kind of combines everything that I'm passionate about, obviously moving your body and feeling comfortable and confident to move in a certain way in heels, but also have an element where I get guest speakers in to talk about topics that young girls and and females need to hear and raise money for charity doing so. So it was an an idea that I was toying with for a long time. Um, And then when my nan passed away and we got closer and closer with the hospice that cared for her um and the hospice where she actually eventually passed away um i decided that i wanted to do something to give back to them because i found out only a percentage of their um funding came from the nhs and everything else was done with private funding so i was like you know what i'm going to put on this event it's going to be completely in honor of this hospice it'll be a one-off event in my nan's honor as well um i'll get in some guest speakers i'll choose the smallest venue i can find because i was so terrified that no one would turn up. and I'd never done anything like this. And I was like, this will be for my nan, but for my mum as well, because my mum was really suffering quite badly with grief. Um And I just thought it'd be a really fun project. So it was actually almost a year after she passed away. I think it was about 10 months after she passed away. Um And we sold out the tickets in, I think it was something ridiculous, like 15 minutes. There was about 20, 25 places. Um, and we turned up. And the venue was perfect. I met all of these women uh, that followed me online that were complete strangers. Um, We had a photo of my nan in the corner. And it was just the most magical day. Like, I can't explain it. It was just getting women into one room and getting them to move in a way that didn't feel natural to them, but to teach them a routine that made them feel sassy, that made them feel sexy and confident. And then they felt safe to share their insecurities because we'd all been vulnerable during that dance class and we got to a point where they they opened up about their deepest darkest insecurities but everyone felt the same and everyone could relate to what everyone said and it was so powerful i was just like we need to do more of these and obviously i called it stay sassy in honor of my nan um and we've now been going for 3 years um the events grew from 25 people to 50 people now we get 80 to 100 people at each event We've hosted a Stay Sassy Festival. Uh, We've hosted our first retreat. Uh, We've gone on tour to Manchester, Devon. And obviously, I want to continue to grow that. And it's just now a project that my mum is so involved in. So she feels connected to my nan. Um, I've made some of my best friends through the women that come to the event. My mum's made best friends through mums that have bought daughters, daughters, friends from dance college that maybe struggled with confidence to get involved and they're my angels that help assist me teach the routines. And it's just a massive community of positive energy and just it's so beautiful to witness women what we say is women walk in shy and leave on a high. And that just explains it to a T and it's just something that I'm so grateful for.
0: What an incredible thing. You know, and and isn't it amazing how from one sort of comment and conversation with your nana a year later there you are you know with this event and and creating this amazing thing and yeah i think it's just hugely powerful isn't it and also just doing something fantastic for for the hospice and and um raising awareness for charities as well so yeah it's it it can be incredible isn't it how from from a really painful situation you know you've got this really wonderful um foundation that is now spreading to so many people
1: Oh thank you I, I I love it, and if I could do say sassy every day, I absolutely would. It's just the one thing that fills me with so much joy and um, yeah, I just absolutely love it.
0: We're going to move into some questions from the children at Children's Bereavement charity, Winston's Wish, and they would like to know how do you make yourself feel happy when you're feeling sad?
1: This is such a good question because I think it depends on what I'm sad about or how long I've been sad for, if that makes sense so. One thing I always do is I always want to face the feelings that I'm feeling. I don't want to push them away and just cover it up because I think that just adds to the problem and the sadness and that will bubble up eventually when I'm not prepared for it. So if I do feel those moments of sadness, I I am such an emotional person. I am such a crier, whether I'm happy, excited, sad. So I just have to sit in that sadness for a little while and cry it out. Um... But I have the most amazing support around me with my family and my friends. So I know that they won't let me wallow in that sadness for too long. Um, So once I've cried it out, I then try and do something creative. So I am a massive fan of writing poetry. And especially when I'm sad, it flows out so naturally. I just kind of put all my thoughts on paper. So whether it's um, journaling in prose or if it's just journaling in general, I honestly think that writing it out makes you feel like a load has been lifted and like you've almost shared something um and i think if for example it's me being sad about a loved one or being in grief or something like that i love sitting with someone else and sharing pure happy memories about that person and just i really think that stories keep a person alive um so i think if i'm in, if i'm feeling sad in the sense of grief then talking about the happy memories and 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 keeping those Um, at the front of my brain definitely definitely helps
0: yeah they're really amazing points because just being creative whether it's writing drawing singing anything you know like that it's just amazing to sort of you know feels like you've released yeah Um, I think when
1: um when my granddad died as well I'd recently got a guitar because I'd always wanted to learn how to play the guitar and I just told myself I didn't have time um but when my granddad passed away and I I kind of had a few days off from work I picked up the guitar and could not put it down and that was my escape and it was just something so creative and I was so bad to begin with but it was just so much fun and really really helped with the process I think
0: yeah music's great and moving on to music (laughs) what piece of music reminds you of your grandparents
1: Um, Well, with my nan, there's a song called Just the Two of Us, um, and there's a video of me and her one Christmas, and we're both singing along to that song, and we're giggling, um, and that definitely reminds me of her, and if ever I hear that song, I feel like it's a sign. And then um, there was a beautiful moment with my granddad, and it's been proven that familiar music can bring back memories to those suffering with dementia or Alzheimer's. And my boyfriend was on the piano and my granddad loved jazz music and and swing and everything like that. And my boyfriend started playing um, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. And my granddad granddad came to where the piano was and he started dancing with my mum. And then after the song had finished, he shared two stories um, and memories of when he used to go to swing jazz clubs that my mum and I have not heard for years. And that was kind of such a magical moment involving music so fly me to the moon is one of my favorite songs now Uh,
0: what an incredible moment um yeah it
1: was really special
0: yeah okay the next one is what do you do to remember your grandparents on important days like their birthdays
1: um i think it goes back to talking about happy memories again so um my nan had these things that we called Bettyisms. So her name was Betty and she just lived off her own clock. She had her own rules. um, And we just kind of talk about those and say I'm with my family. We'll go around the table and share our favorite memory with her. Um, And I know we'll do the same um, on my granddad's birthday as well.
0: That sounds great. Um, Anything like that is amazing, isn't it? However you spend the day, you know, basically um okay next one is what three things are you most thankful for at the moment
1: um I think lockdown has really made me readjust and and value things that are a lot simpler than I probably would have answered this question a few months ago um but three things that I'm really grateful for is just kind of the support and, sol- and the support and love that surrounds me so my family and friends my boyfriend um my friends that I class as family and and just really being held and supported by them I, I'm grateful for that every day and I know that wherever I am whatever I'm going through I always have someone I can turn to um to listen another thing is having outdoor space um having a garden We live. Close to the countryside, so there's a woods near us that that Mum and I go to. It's Mum's safe haven. Uh, we can literally go to the woods and scream and shout uh, and release any kind of emotion. Um, so I'm really, really grateful for outdoor space. And one thing that's come from lockdown um, that has has been amazing is we've had quite a full house. So my brother moved home. We have a friend of mine staying with us. My mum, my dad. Myself and my boyfriend, and every night we sit and have dinner together, which usually was a luxury that would happen at Christmas. Um, so pretty much every night throughout lockdown, we've had dinner together, and that's been really special.
0: Oh, they're amazing three things. I, I love the fact that um, yeah, those those things that we we wouldn't normally be able to do, we've been able to do. You know, and and even I can kind of relate to that in terms of even though I've got young children, just being able to sit there at the table at six o'clock or whenever it is and just have dinner together um yeah it's really special um okay my last question or point is and it is a bit of a big one but if you could sit down with your grandparents for one final time what do you think you might like to say to them
1: ah the first thing i'd say is just how much i love them and how grateful i am for everything that they've taught me And just really, really, really show them how much I love them and share some of the happy memories that have kind of made me the person I am today because of them. And yeah, just give them one last hug.
0: That's beautiful. I think that's, you know, for everyone that I always speak to on this podcast, you know, telling them that I love them. um, That's just the biggest thing in the world, isn't it? but um Steph I just want to say a huge thank you for speaking with me today and taking the opportunity to you know to sit down out of your busy schedule and and um, yeah, just sharing your story with my listeners because it's a lovely story and I'm so pleased that I've been able to speak to somebody about their grandparents and uh yeah so thank you so much
1: thank you so much for asking me to be involved and I really hope um that it helps anyone who's listening